Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 80 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off week 16 is DJ Valentine from Simplistics Reviews. Welcome back to the show, DJ. It's been a pleasure. This entire week has been a pleasure, except for the fact William Sadler isn't in more scenes <laughs> this scene. <laughs> as long as I love me some William Sadler, that's the only thing I miss. I want, I want, I want more Sadler, more Sadler. No, right, I understand that, but, but see if you can get an ATV that'll settle settle him down a little bit. An ATV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So minute eighty begins with the parachute continuing to descend and ends with Holly eyeing Thornburg suspiciously. So yesterday we we ended things with a spectacular explosion that uh, John was able to somehow uh, uh, get out of. You know he was able to. So I, earlier this week I I didn't mention uh, you know in the commentary of this movie by Rennie Hartland. So he he mentioned some very interesting things that I just want to point out that I I missed through the course of this week. Right. First of all, when they shoot into the cockpit from inside the plane, you know where we saw all those dents. So apparently yeah. they they made those dents with with a hammer, meaning that someone was standing there hammering it in order to look as if it was the bullets, uh, you know, making those oh, dents. <laughs> okay. Another another interesting thing is, is he states that in this particular uh, plane there is no ejection seat, but they decided to uh, bend reality a little bit in order for it to, to I work. I figured here. it seemed it seemed like yeah. a plane that would not have an ejection seat. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he mentions that that they they did this not on a green screen. They did it on a blue screen at, at ILM. You know, they they went down to ILM and had them take care of uh, you know shooting uh, Bruce Willis. You know, just sitting in a chair and moving the camera back and forth. And then they were able to to create that. And the best part of trivia that I that I gleaned from listening to this is that the car that the bad guys used is actually Rennie Harlan's car. Because when they filmed the scene, <laughs> they realized that they didn't have a car. So Rennie volunteered to, to let them use his car. And he said he got really upset and they because they scratched it. And he <laughs> said he said, but that's a story for another day, which is pretty upsetting because I would have loved to have heard that story. You know, so wait, Rennie Harlan's using his own car on the set of the movie he's directing. They can't give him like a rental car or something. Apparently, they realized, you know, they set it up and they're like, hey, wait a second, we don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> Rennie Harlan's like, go, he directs movies like a guy goes to, like a construction worker going to work. He's like, let me get in my car, drive to work. <laughs> Rennie, we got all the, we, we could rent a car, Uber, taxi, we'll set a car for you. No, 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 I'm driving, I'm driving my own car. No, okay. but you do realize this was his first big budget movie. So, you know. Yeah, but he's a director of the sequel to Die Hard. I'm pretty sure Fox will give him a car. Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. I mean, they were sold, but whatever. <laughs> he apparently used his own, so what can Rupert you do? Murdoch was like, no, 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 no. You drive your own car. <laughs> we can't afford. We got to cut the budget. All right, get out of here. <laughs> it's very possible. You never know. So basically, you know, we, we, we see the, the parachute start coming down from, from the sky. And then in the distance, we see the five fire trucks that scared away the bad guys yesterday uh, getting closer. 
you know, we can still hear their their sirens, uh, you know, blazing. And then John lands on the ground and does another roll. He again, he, once like he did on Monday, he showed that he is a good gy gymnast. You know, he he somehow has this parachute all around him. I'm I'm still confused how he got the parachute, you know, uh, all around him because we see that he's buckled under his, you know, between his legs. Also, did he did he strap himself in to the parachute that way, or he? Just, I thought he had strapped himself into the seat. I just saw his arms. I didn't see him do anything with legs. So yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. We're gonna have to go back and look at yesterday's minutes, see if we we saw that. But I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think that's another one of those suspension of the. How does a parachute on a uh, a parachute on an ejector seat that doesn't exist on that plane actually work? We'll never know. Well, how does it work on any plane? Let's put it that way. The, is the pilot wearing a you know, is the pilot always strapped in to a parachute, or is the parachute? I think it's. Oh, he's strapped to the chair. Oh, now I don't know. <laughs> right, I, so he's strapped to the like, chair. Like, and then we see right. him, you know, strap uh, around his waist, but it looks like he's strapping himself into the chair. You know, we we don't see. I don't know. Maybe maybe part of the strap goes into the the parachute itself the chair must fall away eventually i'm assuming because you're not landing in the chair you're landing with your feet right so it's somehow... independence day he ejects but then he lands on his feet i, I remember that right hmm. i think the chair falls away i think I, I i'm looking at pictures of an ejector seat it, 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 people using it and i think the chair falls away but your arms the parachutes attached to your arms so it's almost like you fly up, the shoot, the, the seat shoots you up, and then as soon as you start making your descent, the chair drops out from under you, but the chute keeps you up, so you separate from the seat on the way down. I, from what I'm looking at this picture, that's what looks like what's going on. I'm, I'm okay, that's fair. It's fair enough. Um, I'll never find out because I'm not getting I'm not getting in any ejector seat anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no plans. I don't want to know. I have no plans either to do that. So yeah, keep them away from me. Yeah, you don't you don't have to worry about that one either. Neither neither one of us is going to be testing this out. But if if any of our guests out there, you know, if any of the listeners want to want to test out the theory and let us know, or if any of you are experienced, uh, I'm not condoning it. I'm not condoning it. This uh, drive, use a train. <laughs> don't use any jets. <laughs> I uh, don't use an ejector seat. That's what you're saying. Jets. Don't use any jets. Just travel some other way. Use a bus. Oh, okay. Get some bus fare in your system. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> All right. And you know, John then starts rolling around on the ground, and then the the parachute lands on top of him. And I, I love this ADR line that that comes out here. <laughs> we hear John go, "Where's the door?" <laughs> I'm literally looking at a diagram as we're speaking here. It's a set, uh, an eight-step diagram on how an ejection seat works. So I was right. It shoots you up. The parachute is attached to you. The seat falls away on step six, and then you go down with the parachute. So yeah, the, the, you're, you're with the chair for a little while, then the chair leaves you, and then you you fold down. That's how that's how it works. Okay. Don't ask where the seat is. We don't know. <laughs> It's probably somewhere in the airport at this point. <laughs> it's very possible. I do like where's the f door. That's a very good. Uh... 
<laughs> Very good 80-yard line. <laughs> if you're going to 80-yard line, make it a funny one, and that's a funny one. That's right. It it, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so actually, I had a little bit of, of trivia questions to ask you about parachutes. Okay, we're not going to get into the history anyway. of parachutes and stuff like that. I know everything about them now. I look I look at the diagram. I know everything about them. Go oh, ahead. Great. <laughs> do Do you know uh, the the what's the world's record for the highest parachute jump? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so in I know everything uh, else. Good, everything good, else we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So in 1960, a man named Joseph Kittinger jumped from a balloon at the altitude of 102,000 feet. Why? Uh, <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> and he he fell for four minutes and 36 seconds, and still holds after 63 years the world's record for the longest parachute freefall. Guys, you know how long four minutes is? That's right. That's a long time. That's a long, long time. Like 30 Count to 10, guys. One. Yes. You're falling now. Imagine you're screaming. Ah! Two. They say his entire <laughs> descent took 13 minutes and 45 seconds. Remember that scene in Thor uh, Ragnarok where uh, Doctor Strange makes Loki like fall? He goes, I've been falling for 30 minutes. That's what it feels like, what you just described. <laughs> It's very possible. You never know. Oh, man. Oh, no. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Well, you don't have to like it. <laughs> no. Nobody's forcing you he to do it. He chose that. He chose that. Somebody, it wasn't like he, he, was, a, he was flying a plane. Like, I got to make a decision. No, 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 no. That sounds like something he set up to do. Why? Right. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? We're giving you a choice. What do you want to do? Hey, I want to jump 100,000 feet. You know, <laughs> free fall, and and we're gonna give you money, but I guess sure. Well, no, you got you got to give him you got to give him credit for the fact that you know after sixty three years there isn't anyone stupider to, to to try to you know try to beat him. Nobody's gonna break that record. There's not a lot of stupid people. Oh, I'm sorry. There. There's not a lot of there are a lot of stupid people. There's a, a thousand stupid people, but not a lot of stupid people that are you know got with the ingenuity to do what he did. Correct. That that is true. Because they're stupid. <laughs> that is very true. They are not the brightest people around, and therefore, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So right, we'll, we'll we'll skip the stupid people. <laughs> we'll, we'll move along. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna move along. <laughs> so so John, uh, you know, tries to figure out how to get out of this parachute. And uh, he's he's not so successful at the beginning, and it, it it's quite funny the way that they do it because you, you know you do think about the fact that you have this huge parachute that is falling on you, you know, and and you know it it sort of makes sense that you wouldn't know how to actually get out of it if it if if you get like because uh, especially you you think that you're disoriented at that point, right? And think about John in this point, okay? You you've barely survived okay and at this point i don't know if he knows the fire trucks are coming so if i'm him i gotta get out of this parachute because what's stopping them guys if those fire trucks aren't coming from rolling up on me now and shooting me to death i gotta get out of this parachute he doesn't know where they are he's he, he, he he's a sitting duck essentially so with, with, on a flat ground where they can shoot him from a distance even though they're probably missed still uh, but yeah, he doesn't know that he doesn't know they retreated at this point. So yeah, they cut away, 
But if I'm John McClane, I, I got to get out of this freaking parachute. It's tangled up. I mean, I'm, I'm just waiting to get. Well, he didn't know him. that they were going to be driving away in uh, Randy, Harlan, Randy Harlan's car. So, you know. Randy Harlan's, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Randy Harlan did try to kill him five seconds ago. So. <laughs> there you go. See, it's all it's all cyclical. <laughs> <laughs> getaway. Getaway car was it the right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Unfortunately, that's all we're going to talk about, John, this week, because uh, the shot then changes, and we once again see the Northeast Airline. Uh, you know, the jet <laughs> flying. Now, why are you laughing? Because it's called Northeast? Yeah, because it's Southwest, but they, guess, they didn't want to do that, so they went Northeast. We have an airline here called Southwest. I, I think yeah, Southwest still is still flying, but you also have sure Northwest that's flying. And, and you know, I did research at the beginning of this this uh, this season where they used to actually have a Northeast uh, airline in the 1970s. And then it was oh, yeah. bought up, I think, by Delta, oh, okay. if I remember correctly. Would make sense. Delta owns Delta. I would assume is the biggest well, one. You know, Delta is also the ones that sold the value jet uh, to the value jet earlier this yeah. week. Oh, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know how much I trust Delta anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to their credit, they retired them. <laughs> they were. Retired they retired them. them. When when you retire someone, you don't expect someone to still use it, do you? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think the no. idea is, is that okay. That's <laughs> no, it. We're no. putting you at the pasture. You know, I don't think. <laughs> See the difference between a plane and a horse. It, well, no, I, I take that back. <laughs> Never mind. I might even finish that thought. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, it's you know, I wasn't I wasn't referring to a horse at the time when I mentioned the putting at the pasture, but but I think you're right. <laughs> that fits in there also. <laughs> That wasn't even what I, you know, and, and I just saw city slickers yesterday, so it makes sense, you know, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're going for some some Jack Palin's That's action. Right. I, That's I right. Him. Curly, he's a real cowboy. He, he sleeps with his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we, we see the, 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 the plane uh, flying in the air. Once again, you can easily see that this is a poorly done... Uh, special effect shot for from today's standards, but from you know from standards of of 1990, it's actually quite good. <laughs> would you put it above? Would you put it above or below airplane? Um, well, airplane is meant to keep it as a joke. So, <laughs> and 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 as it's as you know, and as you you might know because uh, you know in season two when I did plane shows and automobiles. The shot of the airplane is the one from the movie Airplane. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so it's good That's enough right. to reuse. It was good enough to so... reuse seven years later for for air, for plane change automobiles. So I don't know. I, I guess so. <laughs> it says something about it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so do I think that this is? Yes, I think this is a better job than they did. They did have ten years to perfect the special effects. <laughs> then we we get a shot inside the uh, cockpit of of the Northeast Airlines, and they show us the co-pilot who is you know looking around suspiciously, and then we get a shot of the fuel gauge, and you know he's just looking and watching that it's it's getting very low. Now, what's the idea of the red hue of any time they show a cockpit in this movie? You have any idea? I, I, danger. 
I would assume if you're going by like the old Italian filmmakers, red is danger. So you put red in a shot, you're gonna you're gonna feel tense and you know stressed and do not do not casually find the plane. So if they just lit it regularly, then you're gonna have to depend on the actors to convey. Holy crap! We're about to fall out of freaking sky because we're out of gasoline. But you know, you get character actors other than Cole Meany. You want to use somebody else? Uh, just make it look dangerous in there. Make it look like a war room almost. Uh-huh. Which is what they're okay. going for. Sorry, that's fair. So we get a shot of this, and then we get another shot of the co-pilot, you know, licking his lips, trying to figure out what's going on. Then we get the navigator just playing with his pen. <laughs> you know, He's nervous. Okay. He's I, gonna I, fall I got nothing better to do, so I'm just gonna play with my pen. So I don't know. <laughs> now I, I just I want you to pay attention to something here. So when the first time they show us the the fuel okay. gauges, so we see that the number one main, okay, says that it has 112 on it, and the number two main has a 92 okay. next to it. Okay. Now a few seconds later, after after we see the the navigator play with his pen, it goes back to the the, the fuel gauges again, and now we see three and four. So number three has 110. And number four has 116. So I, I think that they, sh- I, I think number four wins. They got field whatever. Every time I watch that shot, it's like I, I, I uh, that scene in the cockpit. It's the look the stewardess gives the pilot. I, for a brief moment, I'm like, are they gonna? Are they gonna knock out this flight attendant? <laughs> it seems like they didn't want anybody to know that they're 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 hiding the fact and <laughs> that they they're about to run out of fuel. And so the pilot kind of, if you look at it again, she like she like she goes, uh, you know, put on some TV, that'll calm them down. And she says, uh, yeah, that's fine by me. And she kind of stops and she looks and they look, they share a look. And the briefest moment of that pilot's face, almost like, yeah. Well, my first know. question is. is... <laughs> That's right. My first question even before that is, is why is she going and talking to the co-pilot instead of the pilot? You know, the pilot is the one on the right and the co-pilot's on the left. She goes to the co-pilot. That's that's probably a a flight. My my mother was a flight attendant. I got to ask my mom. When you were a flight attendant, did you talk to... You're only allowed to talk to to the co-pilot. But uh, (laughs) maybe it's... Maybe only talking to the co-pilot. Don't look at me. <laughs> don't, don't, no, because also there's, there's the further pilot. proof that, this, that you know he's the co-pilot because he has three gold stripes on his uh, shirt and the pilot has four. So that right. maybe the pilot is very he's pretentious and he thinks he's yeah. better than everybody else. He, if you were to say anything to me, you tell it to my co-pilot. He relay the yeah. message. You're right next to him. What are you talking <laughs> exactly. about? <laughs> so then, you know, the, the stewardess walks in and she goes, she looks around, here's the beep. And she 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 sees the, the, the light on for the fuel fuel gauge. And then uh, she goes, they're getting a little nervous back there. In fact, so am I. <laughs> and then the co-pilot goes, well, we're right over Washington. See if you can get any TV. That'll settle them down. And then she she like giggles for a second as she's looking around and goes, yeah. You know, she you tell she's very nervous about what she's saying, and then she goes, it "Works for me." I'll. <laughs> and then we get a little more beeping. You know, this is this is one of those 
things in movies, you know, they have a lot of beeping uh, sounds and, and flashing lights <laughs> and things like that, you know, just making sure that, you know, we get the danger here, you know. Right. But like, right. here, I'll, I'll ask you, the, I'll ask you a personal question, okay, when them. you're, when you're driving in your car and, you know, you see the light come on saying you got to get gas, huh. do you get nervous? Or do you get like, yeah, I got plenty of time. I get super, I, I, I you, if I see that gauge, I failed. I try never to see that light. If I see that light, I'm like, oh no, I'm so over, uh, not, not over prepared, but like, I don't like it when I'm over, when I'm at E. I don't like, I know people who drive on E for like, like, not that, like they're casual. Me, I'm like, I, I don't want to get stranded. I, my, one of my fears is being stuck on the side of the road, flat tires and empty gas tanks terrify me so when i'm like two, like one above e i get gas all the time because i don't i, I it's just some a tick i have i guess i don't know but every time I, if i've ever gone to e i'm like oh where am i <laughs> i gotta get to a gas station right away and i know other people that are on e they're like yeah i got like 50 miles i'm gonna drive downtown i'm, whatever. I'm like you're on e yeah whatever well <laughs> okay, <yes. laughs> That's right. I'll my my wife like gets gas. really upset at me that I don't automatically fill up. You know when it when it you know like for her when it gets to the quarter yeah. mark. I'm your I'm your wife. That's right. When it gets to the when it gets to the quarter mark, she's like, right "Okay, now. go fill up." And and uh, you know I fill up my tank every two and a half days. You know I'm, I'm I drive that much for work and stuff like that. So so I'm filling it up all the time. So I know how many miles I still have left. You know each time. So I'm I'm. But you don't read. No, you don't. That's really true. That is true. And and I gotta say that there were there were two times in my life when I got really scared about it. One time, um, this was this is probably at least twenty years ago, where I I knew that that I was driving on fumes getting into the gas station, and I was so so happy when I finally got there because <laughs> I really every second I was like, okay, this car is just gonna stop. You're like you, you turn off the radio, you turn off the air air conditioning. You know, right. you, 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 don't turn, you drive with your windows open. You're not. You're, you're, you're kind of just half pushing the pedal. That's right. I don't like, you just I don't like that. I'm just stressed. That's right. And this was this was like in the middle of the night also, and I was like really really freaking out. Oh, no. And then there was another time when I was. I remember I was. I think I was. I think I was visiting my parents uh, after you know I was already in 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 college or whatever. So I went to visit my parents, and I borrowed you know the the spare car that the family had in the spare car. The the gas gauge didn't work properly but what we would always do is we would you know when when you'd fill up you'd you'd set it to zero you know and you knew on the counter how much you had and stuff like that and so i went to go visit some friends and on my way home the car just conked out at me in like a really i grew up in detroit okay or the suburbs of detroit okay so it it conked out um you know i guess you can say around eight mile which you know anyone who's seen the Eminem movie has somewhat of an idea, and so I was I was a little concerned about where it was, and I was I was like, you know, the car conked out right in front of a gas station. It was like the perfect place for the car to conk out. I was like, oh crap, lucky. And I was like, lucky, <laughs> f- right? <laughs> and, lucky, fuck. And like I was sitting there, and I decided, okay, I'm gonna wait a few minutes and see what happens. And so then what I did was is you know I tried starting, and the, the car wouldn't start. You know, because I just wanted to get that those extra few uh, feet, you know, to get into the to to the gas station. So I got out of my car, went to the gas station, filled up a canister, brought it back, filled up the car, and then waited a few minutes. And I tried, you know, starting it again, didn't work. And I was starting to freak out at this point. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not the gas, maybe it's something else. And then a police car shows up, 
Okay, and these two cops get out. And again, this must have been 11, 12 o'clock at night, something like that. The cops get out and they go, uh, can, do you have a problem, sir? You know, and I was like, well, uh, you know, the car stopped working. He said, well, you know, you better call AAA and you better take care of this because if you don't get rid of this car within the next like two hours, it won't be here anymore. You know, it's, it's not an area. They, they love doing yeah. that. So what they. Yeah, they, they love doing it. They, they do that with tire. If you have a flat tire, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't drive on your rim. No, they weren't talking about towing my car. They were talking about that it would get stolen because of the area that I was driving. Oh, I keep forgetting where you are. That's right. That's right. No, I'm I'm not there now, but this is when I was in Detroit. And and then what they did was they told me to put the car in neutral, and then they pushed me into the gas station itself, which was very nice to them. Okay, and and then so I was getting ready to and like. I didn't want to call my parents and wake them up. I was like, great. I'm going to have to tell my parents that, that I ran out of gas. That's what I need here. You know? So like I said, okay, I'm going to wait a little while. So I waited like 15, 20 minutes and then I tried starting it and it worked. And I was like, okay, I drove straight back to my parents <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> made sure that everything was okay. But yeah, I was, I was, I was a little scared for, for a few moments there, you know, about, uh, about that whole thing. We, we talked, we, we're talking about the value jet thing in the Everglades. Like I mentioned, Alligator Alley. That's like the, I hate that road because to get across from East Coast of Florida to the West Coast, the quickest way is Alligator Alley. What they don't tell you is that, because it runs right through the Everglades, but they don't tell you there's no gas stations on Alligator Alley. And it's a long drive. So, and you can't get oh, all wow. Once you're on, that's it. There's no. Do so you see those signs saying last chance, there last chance to fill up gas for, for, for yes, 200 miles? They're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, I haven't been on there for about a year. So because it's Everglades, there's not you don't put gas stations in the Everglades. So there's no ever there's no there's no um uh gas station there. So if you run out of gas there, you are royally screwed. And I have been on Alligator Alley and seen cars stuck on the side of the road that had to get towed because you can't there's no gas station. You can walk, <laughs> but you're gonna be walking for tens of miles i can't remember how many miles it is from one side to the other. i'm pretty sure it's 30 i'm not 100 percent sure i'm just guessing but yeah sometimes i just like i'm not gonna take if i take alligator alley it's because i got a full tank of gas a half a stick of bubble gum <laughs> it's dark i'm wearing like i'm like i'm ready to go if i'm like iffy nah i'll take 95 i-95 which is a road that runs from uh, from here to new york or whatever but uh but there's stops on the way alligator alley is like the shortcut but to get you to I-75, which is the highway there it's on the west side of Florida. But honestly, I'd rather just not. Because if anything happens, you're not just walking in like a residential neighborhood. You're walking through the Everglades at night. Yeah. <laughs> for miles. So yeah, it's it's not that, that when you're talking about your car breaking down, that's one of my huge car breaking down for any reason. Huge fear. If my my dream is to live in a place where i don't need a car my sister loves live hates new york and hates new jersey and hates. i'm like i love that because i don't need a because also you don't like you don't like like waking up in the middle of the night in the wrong seat of the car (laughs) that too it's also bad very bad i remember your story it's happened before (laughs) there it still still haunts me jay Jay Plummer still haunts me. I talked to him the other day. I was like, "Yeah, remember? Yeah, we always remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be dead. We we might be living in a simulation. We don't even know. That's right. You're, you're both <laughs> in the no matrix. <laughs> We're in the matrix. I wouldn't doubt it. We shouldn't have made it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so the 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 co-pilot 
uh, says to her, you know, when she runs on TV, and she goes, works for me. And then she turns around and starts walking out and goes, <laughs> you know, she like looks around. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how is that really supposed to make anyone feel a little safer, you know, because then she looks out and she no. sees the red light flashing, saying that there's no fuel on both left and right. <laughs> and then the, yeah. the co-pilot. The pilot gives, that's when the pilot gives her that look like, shut your mouth, don't you tell, hey, look at me, look at me, you don't say that one. Freaking word to anybody. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. He just gives it that look like. That's right. The pilot. <laughs> <laughs> don't you... Yeah. Wait, wait. Don't not a word. word. Not a word. Not a word. <laughs> Future boy. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. Not a finger. <laughs> not a word. Not a word. Not a word. You're working for the Coast Guard Auxiliary. You're collecting money for them. <laughs> ah, you finally got it. Okay. I was waiting for you to get it. <laughs> the Coast Guard, Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary. That's what it is. Yeah. And then the, the shot changes, and we get to see the symbol of the Nakatomi building or the Nakatomi company. Yeah. You know, and we see the, the you know, a folder that, that has Nakatomi on it. And we're, we're, we're back to Holly as she closes it, you know, uh, whatever she was reading. Now, now that she's the CEO of Nakatomi, because, uh, you know, her boss will, will not be joining us for the rest of his life. Uh, for the rest of his <laughs> life, yes, he's gone. <laughs> and then she like smiles at the woman sitting next to her, and then looks over and sees Thornburg uh, vigorously writing. Uh, you, we can now see that that Thornburg is a lefty because he, you know, is writing from his left hand. And at the same time, he's listening to uh, uh, his Walkman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kids, a Walkman. Uh, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah, maybe, probably. Now we've we've done this thing on our show before, where we it's, I think it's uh, I forget the name of the game, but it's like you pick one or the other. I think it's called one or the other. Which one do you? What I say, like the most? Which one's the most of a jerk? Dick. Thornburg or William Peck? Um, because it's the same yes, guy, no, William Matheson, and they're both named after penises. So, which one, Dick Thornburg or, or William Peck? Which of them is do, we, do I think is more annoying? Or I, I guess it'd be the better question, right? Which is a bit more of a dick, more of a dick than Dick Thornburg? One of a more of a jerk. Um, kind of I, I would actually go with with Peck because Peck is doing it just for the sake of doing it and he's unleashed and he unleashes a uh, biblical exactly. apocalypse exactly but New York City, but so. but Thornburg <laughs> at least is, he's being very selfish here and thinking of himself you know peck thinks he's actually doing the right thing you know to, he thinks he's he's saving the the city with what he's doing so you think Athens? so you think sorry you think uh dick thornberg's more of a no. scumbag so how is Dick more of a scumbag if Peck thinks he's doing the right thing. Dick's not doing the right thing. He's doing it for himself. Peck is doing to save the city, even though he's destroying the city with this yes. horrible decision. But he thinks he's saving the city. Good point. Okay, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant. You see, I, 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 I painted myself into the corner on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Thornburg. One guy does – okay, one guy does release a supernatural biblical apocalypse upon the greater state of New York. The other guy puts a cop's wife in danger for ratings. That's right. 
So there you go. Yeah. And and the second thing he yeah. does is puts puts <laughs> everyone in the airport in danger for the same reason. So, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. First comeback. He's a... it's, it's Thornburg. Thornburg. Uh, <laughs> Thornburg by by a nose. Yeah. <laughs> by a nose. By a dick. Yeah, that's true. Thornburg. Thornburg by a Richard. Dick by, by a, a Richard. dick. <laughs> Richard by there a dick. <laughs> that's right. And then Holly, like he smiles at Holly, and then Holly looks over and is getting a little concerned. She's not really sure what's going on. You know, she's getting suspicious. Spider sense thing. As, that's right. So the the script has a, a few little things here. It starts off with the parachute is landing on the ground, billowing as something struggles under it. Then we hear McLean's muffled voice. Where's the fucking door? <laughs> he staggers out from under the yards of silk covered in snow, fights the vertigo from his flight and runs off. On Holly's plane at night, the stewardess sticks her head into the cockpit. They're getting pretty squirrely back there. In fact, so am I. The pilot says, we're right over Washington. See if you can get any TV. That'll settle one down. Works for me. I'll, and then so she stops. She's seen the fuel gauge almost on empty. She reacts. No one says anything. She composes herself and goes out. And then we're back into the business class. Holly types a line on her computer. Then she reacts to the sound of crumpling paper. Camera adjusts as she looks at Thornburg. He's listening to the tape recording with an earplug and then drafting his own document. You think they changed so, yeah. the term uh, squirrely because that's not a universal saying? You want to put yeah, it yeah. in. Easier to say nervous. Nervous. And you can put it, you can play it in every any country, but you put, if you say squirrely in like, I don't know, Bangladesh, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> like, what the hell squirrely? Yeah, that's, that, that's a little bit of a problem, I would say. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. All right. So every Friday, I have a segment called Where Are They Up To This Weekend? Okay. Where I actually test my, uh, my guests' memory of some of their favorite movies. Okay. So this movie, we've now reached the 80-minute point. So this is one hour and 20 minutes into it. All right. So I asked DJ uh, before recording to give me the names of three of his top movies. And now we're going to see how well he really knows those movies. Okay. All right. So let's let's start with uh, The Way of the Gun. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, from 2000. What do you think is happening at the 80-minute mark? Oh, frick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Let me go. Wait, wait you, thought it, you thought I was going to make this easy? I thought you could ask me a question about the movie. 80-minute uh, mark. I am. Think... What's going on at the 80-minute okay, let, let, let me think. Let me think, okay? Uh, the, the kid, the, they, they, they beat up uh, Sarah Silverman in the beginning, and then they do the kidnapping. That's about 20 minutes. I'd say they are at uh, Benicio Del Toro's at the convenience store. No, 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 no. That's the 80-minute mark. Ugh. movie's not long. Benicio's talking to James Conn at the bar. The, first of all, the movie's 120 minutes, so you still got another 40 minutes to the movie, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I... I don't think the shootout's happened yet. I think is Benicio talking to James Conn at the bar? No. About Ju- Ju- uh, Judy. Oh, crap. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what happened at the 80 minute mark. Okay. Juliet Lewis basically staggers out of. of oh, uh, she's, having, she's having the baby. Yeah. She's having. Oh, that's yeah. Right. She, yeah. Oh, God dang. Good movie, guys. Watch out. We have Christopher McQuarrie. Movie. First directed, right. directorial debut of him. <laughs> All right. Next one. The the good, the bad, and the ugly. What is going on at the one hour and twenty minute point of the good, the bad, and the ugly? Is Tuco taking a bath? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I know Tuco's taking don't 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 talk. Shoot. It isn't it... Don't it's know. where it's where the officer takes a telescope and starts looking out at all the the, the southern prisoners. They're about to blow up the. Oh wait, this is before the interrogation scene. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, okay. That movie's hard to gauge because there's a lot of like vignette segments where yeah. we're, we're, now we're in the town, now we're in right. the desert, now Tuco's talking to his priest brother, now we're in the you know. Right. Yeah, okay. And right. and the most and most interesting fact right. about that 120 minute mark or one hour and 20 minute mark is that it is exactly the halfway point of the good, bad, and the ugly. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the final one is mm. Die Hard. Oh, I'm not gonna get this. Okay. You were actually <laughs> you were the very first person to choose this, and I, I was very pleased to see that it's uh-huh. on. You know that it's here. What do you think is going on at the 80 minute mark? Is the quarterback toast at this point? The, Quarterback is toast for a long time already. Oh wow, eighty minute mark. It's two hundred. Quarterback and toast is it happens at the fifteen minute mark. Come on. Is 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 McLean shooting? Uh, oh no, sorry. Quarterback and toast uh, is when they they shoot the the thing. no that 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 happened. The car, already. get the car. That's the car. Get the, the car. Yeah. That was a, that was I think around the one hour mark, if I remember is, correctly. Is the is McLean shooting Honda through the door? Uh, this... nope. <sighs> <laughs> It's, you know what I'm talking about? The guy from Lethal Weapon. I forget. I think his name is Honda or something. No, you're talking the about Asian guy. Guy to eat the Crunch Bar. What's I think his name is Hondo. No, his, his name, name isn't Hondo. Hondo's it's, it's like, from Spawn. It's, um, it's something like that. It's like uh, it's gonna bother me. The guy to eat the Crunch. Bar. The guy from Lethal Weapon that tortures uh rigs with the with the back car battery. Yeah, which, which 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 you know, Mark and I talked about it uh, that that it's possible that they're. They are twin brothers. Same person. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> wouldn't well, doubt we it. have a little bit of a problem with that because of this. This movie actually proves that that's not possible. Because blown away. <laughs> no, because in this movie, when they're sitting on the plane, they actually see an advertisement for Lethal Weapon, uh, Lethal Weapon Two, which means that they can't be. It can't be that they're in the same universe. Unless they made a novelization of something that happened, huh? That's it. That huh? is possible. That is possible. <laughs> could have done yeah, that i i think you're right about that uh, <laughs> I, I like that i i was you're talking about al leong yeah but what's his character's yeah. name Uli, like Uli, Uli. i thought he had like a name with i, I gotta go no, yeah yeah in, in this movie he's not as Uli, and in lethal weapon he's uh endo endo that's the name i'm thinking of i keep thinking honda it's endo i apologize yeah. <laughs> He's not getting shot through the door by mclean is he no 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 the 80 minute mark is when our good friend ellis Comes to make oh, a deal. Guys? He comes oh, to make a deal. Oh, that's a good. That's a good eighty. That's a good mark right there. That's one of the greatest scenes in the movie. Yes. Hey, John Boy. John Boy. <laughs> hey, John Boy. <laughs> hey, it's radio, not television. Put the gun away. <laughs> that's one of the greatest scenes in the movie, man. All right. Wait, I'm not a method actor. What am I, method I'm not actor? A method actor, Hans. What are you, method actor, Hans? <laughs> <laughs> I.e., you want something. <laughs> Sprekency talk? What are we talking about? That's <laughs> such right. a good scene. <laughs> yes, please. Matthew Stewart, my co-host, who does, has the, the the Ellis beard, when we were doing a Die Hard sketch, I was like, "Well, you you gotta be Ellis. <laughs> you, you don't sound like him, but you look exactly like him. So we're going with that. <laughs> you look exactly <laughs> like him. We had an '80s party, and he dressed like Ellis, and he put we but we got powdered sugar, and we put it on his beard. <laughs> He looks just like him. If you ever look at look up Matthew Stewart, he has the oh, Ellis wow. beard, which is fantastic. He looks he's just fantastic. I go, Matthew, cool. if I was you, every Halloween I'm Ellis. Every Halloween. 
<laughs> All right, great. So you want to, for one last time, tell people where they can find you. Simplistic Reviews, uh, Simplistic.Reviews is a website. Simplistic Reviews is a search dad on YouTube, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, all the places where podcasts are found. Uh, you'll find us in every, uh, I think yesterday, we, or sorry, the 1st of July, we released uh, our, every 1st of every month, we release our, our regular show. And then 15th, we release like a short show, 15-minute show. And then every 20th, we release a movie commentary. I think we're going to be doing, uh, God, I really hope not. We're going to be probably doing The Flash. I really don't want to do The Flash because <laughs> I don't like that movie at all. But we only do bad movies. And uh, spoiler alert, The Flash ain't great. So, yeah, we're probably doing The Flash soon. All right. Enjoy. Thank you very much for that. And I won't. I won't. <laughs> finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie around minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, DJ, thank you very much for joining me. I, I had a great time this week. I hope you did, too. And what's more important is I hope that all of our listeners did, too. <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure as always. My pleasure as always. All right. So I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But until then, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, here.